Welcome to Tres Cuentos. Today we finalize our journey through the stories of legendary phantoms. Today's story comes from the southern lands of Argentina, a country located in the southern half of South America. The source of this cuento is the book The King of the Mountains, A Treasury of Latin American Stories, by M.A. Jagendorf and R.S. Box, published by Vanguard, Inc. And stay tuned, because right after the cuento, I will talk more about certain aspects of the story, and we will finalize the program with a poem dedicated to a legendary cowboy, or vaquero, who was well-known to be a phantom long time ago, and that is El Charro Negro. My name is Carolina Quiroga Stoltz, and now I invite you to pay careful attention to the following cuento. It might make you reconsider some of those ambitions you have been working so hard to achieve. The Eternal Wanderer of La Pampa de Argentina In Argentina, there is a particular type of man, and these guys are called gauchos. They are the equivalent of the cowboys we know here in the United States. Now, the gauchos there are well known for being great horse riders, but also in the old times, they were great weavers of ponchos. A poncho is a heavy piece of clothing made of alpaca or vicuña wool. It is a square piece of fabric and it has an opening in the center for the head. Then, the poncho hangs from the shoulders, leaving hands unrestricted. Once, there was a gaucho who was one of the greatest weavers of ponchos in all La Pampa de Argentina the grasslands of Argentina. He was famous for choosing the best colors, the best patterns, the best designs on his ponchos. But after he received so many compliments about his beautiful work, the gaucho soon became a very arrogant fellow. And one day, he had the greatest idea of weaving the finest poncho ever seen in the entire Pampas of Argentina. And so, the gaucho began to weave and weave and weave. And the more he was weaving and weaving and weaving, the more he was forgetting about his wife and children, his cattle, about his house that was falling apart, his church, his friends... There was nothing in this world that could distract him from his poncho. Well, it happens that his friends were missing him. And also, José el Rico, the rich guy in town, 
was organizing a huge fiesta. And so one day, this gaucho's friends came over by his house to invite him. And one of them said in Spanish, Che, tenés que venir a la fiesta de José el Rico. Va a tirar la casa por la ventana. ¿Qué decís? No, I'm not going to any fiesta until I finish my poncho. Pero che, si te falta un montón, vos nunca vas a terminar ese poncho y la fiesta es en dos días. ¿Qué decís? I will prove to you that I will finish my poncho in time and I will be in that fiesta in two days wearing my poncho. All the friends left and the gaucho began to weave and weave and weave. And the faster he was weaving and weaving and weaving, the more crooked, lopsided, and uneven the poncho was looking. But at this point, he couldn't care less. All he could care was to prove to absolutely everybody that he could finish his poncho and that he could be in that fiesta wearing it. So the afternoon of the fiesta arrived, and he had finished that poncho. <laughs> oh, he was so proud of himself. He immediately put it on, and he jumped on his horse, and he began to ride and ride, completely forgetting about his wife and children that could have used to go to that fiesta because they were starving. But he couldn't care. He was in such high spirit. And all he could think was how jealous everybody was going to be seeing him wearing the finest poncho ever seen in La Pampa de Argentina. And as he's riding and riding through La Pampa, soaring the skies above him, there is a big bird that swooped down and brushed her wings against the horse's eyes. Scaring the animal to the point that the horse stood up on his rear legs and threw the rider off. He was unconscious for a couple of minutes And when he wakes up, it's when he realizes that he had landed in a brush. Some weird things are coming out of the brush. And they look like hands with long claws that begin to dig into his poncho, into his flesh. The gaucho wants to scream. He wants to ask for... But he can't. Because that poncho he's wearing is now so heavy and it's squeezing the life out of him. And then the gaucho heard the voice of that poncho saying, Vos, we still, you neglected your family. 
your house, your cattle, your church, your friends. For me, for me, you said that you were going to weave the finest poncho ever seen in La Pampa de Argentina. Vos, vos, no te mereces, vos no te mereces nada, nada. From now on, you will be riding La Pampa de Argentina forever, por siempre. And ever since people say that if you ever go to Argentina, beautiful country, and you are invited to stay at a rancho, a ranch, or an hacienda, and one afternoon you hear someone approaching, riding a horse. They're not driving a car, it is clearly a horse. And you go outside just to check who is it, maybe to greet them or welcome them. But you don't see anybody? That's him. Other people will tell you that while you are visiting Argentina, if one day you happened to be outside riding through La Pampa and by a bush or a brush or just by the side of the road, you find a neglected poncho. Well, you are advised not to pick it up. Not even if it looks really beautiful and pretty from where you're standing. And certainly, do not put it on. Because if you do, I'm afraid, my friends, you might be switching places with the eternal wanderer of La Pampa de Argentina. Y colorín colorado, este cuento se ha acabado. The end. Very well, friends, let's talk about the story. First, I would like to shed some light on the word che, C-H-E, an expression used by the characters in the story. Che is a popular Argentinian expression, and it is used in a friendly context. However, there are different theories about the origin of this word. One theory tells us that the word comes from the Mapuche language. Now, the Mapuche people, they are located right now in the south of South America. In their language, che means man, hombre. Another version tells us that che comes from the Guarani language. That's another native South American culture. And in their language, che means you or tú. That is why in Paraguay, Uruguay, and in Argentina, you find people saying che, señorita, and that means you lady, or che patrón, and that means you master. All right, let's move on on to the word poncho, which is a symbol of the gaucho tradition. And this note comes from the website veintemundos.com. It is unknown where the poncho comes from. It has roots in many different cultures. Numerous indigenous people have reported to use a poncho. Today, it has become a symbolic garment worn by the gaucho argentino. They have used 
the poncho not only as a coat, but as a blanket and even as a pillow at night when they camp under the skies. In the Andes region, the poncho is widely popular, but this garment can be found from Mexico to La Patagonia. The distinctive designs can be seen in the materials used to make it or to weave it. Many regions are proud to claim to have a singular traditional type of poncho. Historically, it was made with animal fur, like llamas, vicuñas, alpacas, or guanacos. However, over time, textiles took over. The poncho is frequently used in Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, and even in Colombia and Chile. The size, colors, shapes, and textures distinguish the communities where it comes from. Now let's talk about the gauchos. The following note comes from the website Britannica.com on the topic of gaucho. The gaucho is a nomadic horseman from the pampas or the grasslands of Argentina and Uruguay. This distinctive character flourished from the mid-18th century to the mid-19th century and has remained a folk hero similar to the cowboy. Gauchos were usually mestizos or mixed race that was most likely a European father and an indigenous mother. But sometimes there were reports of gauchos that were just white or black or mulatos. Mulato is the result of a mix between white and black. From their own ballads and legends, the gauchos became an important part of the Argentinian culture. Argentinian writers celebrated them in works such as El Gaucho Martín Fierro by José Hernández in 1872 and Don Segundo Sombra by Ricardo Huiraldes in 1926. In the mid-18th century, when the British, the French, the Portuguese and Dutch traders provided a profitable contraband business in the frontier regions around Buenos Aires, gauchos began to hunt the large herds of escapade horses and cattle that had roamed freely and bred prodigiously and remained safe from predators on the extensive pampas. In a similar way, cowboys played an important role during the westward expansion of the United States. Technically, the cowboy character originated in Mexico, but American cowboys developed their own style and reputation. Throughout last century, their iconic lifestyle was glamorized in countless books, movies, and television shows. So let's talk a little bit about how that happened. Shortly after the Spanish arrived in the Americas, they began to build ranches to raise cattle and other livestock. Most of these animals, that include horses, cattle, pigs, were brought by the Spaniards and put to work on their ranchos or ranches. The Mexican cowboys were called vaqueros, which comes from the Spanish word 
vaca, that is cow. These vaqueros were hired by ranchers to tend to the livestock and were known for their superior roping, riding, and herding skills. By the early 1700s, ranching had spread out into what is today Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and as far south as Argentina. It only took another 70 years for these livestock practices to be introduced to other areas in the West. The cowboys' work included herding cattle, caring for horses, repairing fences and buildings, working cattle drives, and in some cases, helping establish frontier towns. Many cowboys developed a bad reputation for not abiding the law, and some were even banned from certain establishments. The typical cowboy wore large hats with wide brims to protect them from the sun, boots to help them ride horses, and bandanas to guard them against dust. Some wore chaps on the outsides of their trousers to protect their legs from sharp cactuses, needles, and rocky terrain. When they lived on a ranch, cowboys shared a bunkhouse with each other. For entertainment, some sang songs, played the guitar or harmonica, and others wrote poetry. Everyday work was difficult and laborious. Workdays lasted about 15 hours, and most of the time was spent on a horse or doing other physical labor. So I guess the cowboy's life wasn't that glamorous. So as you can see, vaqueros, cowboys, and gauchos had much in common, from traditions to ways of doing their work, and even ambitions. That is why, if you think that the story you heard about that greedy gaucho is not true, or if it is, you will never meet him because he only rides the dusty Argentinian roads? Well, perhaps you are right. But just the other day, my very good friend Larry Thompson, a Texan storyteller who knows a lot of stories about cowboys and vaqueros, reminded me that those who live near the border with Mexico on both sides, we do have something to be afraid of. And it's not the ghost of that gaucho. It is that legendary phantom known as El Charro Negro. And here it is, his cuento, narrated by the same Larry Thompson. There's an old legend told south of the border about a shadowy skeletal figure. He rides a black stallion and wears the flashy clothing of the Chariata. The legend says he preys on women walking alone in the dark, deserted roads. If he can convince them to ride with him, well, that spells their doom. Not many folks live to tell of their encounter with the figure. But the few souls who have... Well, they helped to spread his legend in an effort to keep young senioritas safe. This is Charles. The stories are told of the ghostly figure wearing the silver and black of the Charo. Astride a black stallion, he rides in the night through the deserts of old Mexico. 
Not many folks see him if one crossed his path. The rider would speak his shaded voice. If they stop and stand, he'll offer his hand, and the traveler would be given a choice. A wise man would run and not take the glove from this well-dressed supernatural charo. A fool would take it, then never be seen, and his friends would be left to their sorrow. The charo preferred a woman, they said. Senoritas y senoras all loved him. Charm and enchantment were the phantasm's lure, but damnation would always befall them. The viejitas are clear. If the charo appears, don't take his hand in the moonlight. Just walk there beside him and never climb on. You'll be safe in the new morning light. But Camille walked alone to De Agosto in the lonely, deserted night air. As she hurried along on that dark, dusty road, out of nowhere, the charo was there. He began to chat from atop his horse, and his eyes glowed red as they walked. Camille would blush as she shared all her dreams. The Charles' lust for her grew as she talked. When Camille stopped to rest, he seized his chance, and he baited his trap with Miquelita. Let me carry you on, my stallion is strong. Climb on, he'll bear us onward from here. Tired and thirsty, Camille took his hand, and he swung her to the saddle behind him. Her arms wrapped round his thin, bony chest. She felt the burn health fire from within. The charl looked back with fire in his eyes, a bleached skull shone from under his brim. She smelled his kerosene breath as the charl laughed. Worms crawled from his teeth as he grinned. Too late, Camille learned the mistake she had made to be smitten and climbed to his mount. She struggled to jump off. Kevataya perdida. She would not be allowed to dismount. The dark rider turned and yanked on the reins. The demon beast gathered off out of sight. But Camille's screams are still heard on that dark, dusty road. On the wind of an old Mexico night. And this is all for now. Tres Cuentos reminds you to be aware of strangers riding shiny horses. Until the next cuento. Adios, adios. Tres Cuentos is an exercise of creative writing, researching, and retelling. This podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by Carolina Quiroga Stoltz. Proof listening, proof reading by my good friend Don Heimel. Follow Tres Cuentos on Facebook, iTunes, Buzzsprout, iVox, or wherever Tres Cuentos is listed. Also, visit our new website, www.trescuentos.com. The music and sound effects were downloaded from the YouTube audio library and freesound.org. The list of credits per song and the sources of this story can be found in the transcript. Thanks for listening. Adios, adios.